Alex. By the way, I just recorded that whole conversation that we had. I'm going to turn that shit into content because that shit was bingo. Oh, okay, go for it. Yeah, go for it. That's great. That means I have to make one less video this week. Exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Alchemy Answers episode 29. We're almost to 30, which is how old I am. God damn, I'm uh and uh thank you for tuning in thanks for submitting your questions this week we're gonna go ahead and jump right into our patreon questions and then take a bunch from chat because uh our patrons were a little bit lazy this week we love you guys but remember to continue to submit your questions and we'll keep answering them so uh yeah question uh yeah, I got you. I got you. Question number one. What is the best place to watch pro replays with a specific hero? I can literally tell you exactly where to go. Dota2protracker.com. Go there, and you can click on your favorite hero and then see, like, the last 20 games played by pros in pub matches on, on that hero. And if you go to those pros on Dota Buff, they probably played it in a professional game if you want to see that. But that's a really great place to start. And that is probably my favorite resource right now for learning the game. Like legitimately, I can't think of another resource unless they sponsor us for uh, <laughs> learning for learning the game. Yeah, not only that, but it also detects like it has a list of people's Smurfs. So if you want to watch Arteezy play, but you, you know he's never he never has public data, it'll have Arteezy Smurf two and yeah. three, and yep. um, and if you click on the player in Dota 2 Pro Tracker, then you can go and see what they're playing in their last however many games. Yep. That's like, the great thing is that it's like these people are trying to hide their their uh, profiles, but Valve, you know, being Valve, just makes it public by putting the live matches on the front page, yep. and then that's where the Dota 2 Pro Tracker pulls from. So it doesn't matter if your profile's private to Dota Buff. That just means the information is not accessible through the APIs, but the matches are still public and viewable in the game, so Dota 2 Pro Tracker will pull from them. Yep. which is fantastic. So you can see everybody's stuff in there, which is great. Okay. Akiri asks, question, is giving up first blood worth getting four bounties? Yes. Yeah. They're 200 gold each at, at the first. Um, when you say 200 gold, it's for your team. For your team. Split so on your 200 team, gold yeah. for your whole team. So you're trading, if you were to get all four bounties, you get 800 gold for your whole team. Each or total, right? So your yeah. whole your whole team gets eight hundred gold. Eight hundred gold advantage. Losing yeah. what, like four hundred gold to the other team, something like that. It's like three hundred. It's like two hundred seventy or something like that for first blood. So yeah. So the math checks out. The experience is like completely negligible at level one. It's not. It's so little at level one. It's actually pathetic. Yeah. So like you literally get more experience from killing like a creep, one creep, than you do from killing a hero level. Yep. It's pretty, it's disgusting, actually. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth it, yeah. Um, I would say, like, ideally you want to aim, I mean, you obviously want to aim to not give away first blood, but yeah. if you, because, like, some, like if, if you're trading first blood for one bounty rune, that's not worth it. Right. But if you're trading first blood for two bounty runes, then, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be worth it. Yeah, and actually. But I would say most of the time, if you're trading first blood, it's probably because you're trying to get that one greedy bounty, and in that scenario, yeah, you probably don't want to do that. That's the, that's the only kill where I, other than streaks, that's the only kill where I'd actually say you don't want to trade first blood for a bounty. Um, unless it's very late in the game, and yep. you're not trading, like, a huge streak for it. Yeah, and what you mean to say there is, like, if you have secured two or three bounty runes, then getting that one extra one for first blood is not worth it. Right? Yes, precisely. If, if you're getting zero bounty runes, then it might actually be worth it. Like, because to, to run and try and, you know, fuck with the enemy team, getting all four. Yep. 
lots of lots of chat in here theory crafting Enig enigma's flame he's always on top of things isn't he yeah he's your boy from pugna isn't he uh he's just he's been with us yeah since pugna he's been the mod for the Pugna discord now that dota alchemy discord do you remember when i when i pulled that guy in when we first started dota alchemy and i pulled that guy in who just tweeted me and he's like hey can i be a mod on your discord i was like fuck yeah go for it <laughs> <laughs> and then you were just like jenkins this is not how it works <laughs> you have to earn it but uh <laughs> i mean now i know you know now i know i mean right you, can, you time, can run your like, twitch oh, stream however you want no, you know, with my Twitch stream, it's like I get a, I get a, enough viewers now that it's like I'm not I'm not just gonna mod everybody because then you just have everybody as a mod. Like you need people people need to to earn earn their keep if you want to give them some uh, some special uh, what's it called not special privileges but some special power or authority or uh, status because uh, you know mods are are important. It's like you're putting how many mods how many mods do we have in the Dota Alchemy Discord? Not many. Really? How many Patreon subscribers do we have? Not many compared to sixty thousand, almost sixty thousand subscribers. It's like yeah. there are there are levels there are levels to it. Like with all the Patreon people, fuck man, I talk I talk to them like every day. They're they're like some of my best friends. Well, I mean they probably don't think that. They're probably just like oh fucking Jenkins. But you know I <laughs> like I talk to Hockeyliner all the time. I talk to Turtle all the time. Like these are people I yeah. It's it's uh it's different. So to. I don't know. It's there are levels to it, you know, in life when you're when you're going to develop a relationship with somebody, it can't just be somebody tweets at you like, "Hey, can I like can I be a close friend to you?" It's I like, mean, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." Listen, <laughs> you know, that's it's, just the, it's the difference between Twitter and like or it's the difference between Tinder and like actually building a relationship with somebody. Right, you, exactly. You try, you're trying to hook up with your mods or are you just trying to like, you know, Can we can we talk about a con <laughs> like a, a concept right now? We don't have that many questions, so I do just want to like talk about this this quickly. Sure. So, have you ever thought about like all of the all of the people that you that you knew from high school, all of the people that you knew from like college, from all like this maybe the sports that you're doing, and they're just these different groups and these different people, and it's not like you dislike any of them. Like there are great people that I knew in high school that I wish that I kept in contact with, and I wish that I had like Skype conversations with them because like they're from my childhood, man. They're like brothers and sisters. But when you go through life, the list of people that you would want to closely relate to it just expands and expands and expands and if you were to have a phone call conversation with each one of those people to, like once a month it would take you like a full-time jobs worth of time to keep con in contact with all of your childhood friends and all of the people that you met in high school you know what i mean like there's actually not enough time to uh to, to talk to everybody that you've ever met and that's kind of screwed up to me because it's like there are so many people that influence me massively and I like them, but it's like they got to work. I got to work. There are yeah. other people like I'm going to I'm going to keep in better contact with my parents, obviously, because I love my parents. You know, I'm going to keep in better contact with like people that I live near because like you can actually go and see. Each. It's just it's just a weird thing in life when you meet so many people that you and you can't feel bad about it. You can't yeah. feel bad about it because nobody can do it. If yeah, somebody says that I mean, they can do it, they do not have a career because they can't, you can't manage both. Yeah, literally all they do, literally all they do is keep in contact with people then <laughs> because right. there's just too many connections. It is really interesting though, because I grew up with like a really core group of friends that I knew from like literally an infant until I graduated from high school because I went to this really small high school uh, in this really small town. 
How yeah. small are we talking? Because I went to a small high school. My too, graduating class was like 55 people. Okay, same. Yeah, that was like the same for me. I, like it was like a hillbilly kind of high school. In yeah. The, yeah, out in the sticks. Yeah, same here. Um, so I literally have like probably what I would consider like 15 brothers because I, I literally spent, you know, my entire life growing up with them. Yeah. And uh, so... It's interesting because now I keep in touch with basically none of them. You know, I'm just, they're all living their lives. Some of them are married. Some of them have kids. Some of them are like traveling the world. Some of them are starting businesses. I am focusing on my own shit. I just don't have time to do anything other than Dota Alchemy and my other job, basically, and maintaining my relationship with, with Kat. And then where's the time to, you know, it, you and you don't want to just be t just text them and be like, "Hey, dude, how you doing?" Because that's like really impersonal. Oh, that's you know? yeah, that's bullshit. That's and if especially that's somebody worse. that yeah, especially somebody that you like have this connection with that you you know really love as a person that you grew up with and have super like deep connections with. You don't want to just like passively kind of just interact with them just to like you know say that you're doing. It. You want to actually have a conversation yeah. with them, catch up, do that kind of stuff. So. I went back to a high school reunion for my 10 year high school reunion um, last summer. And it was actually insane how instantly we were just back in high school. Like with everybody. I've noticed that too. <laughs> I, I'm the same where there's people that like, I, like, okay, so I'm back in Kingston, finally back in my hometown. And my childhood best friend, like literally we, we were like, it, like you said, we're like brothers. Like we literally, we had this plan of like living together when we're thirty and having wives and living in the same house. You know what? <laughs> that that level of like, we he was my next door neighbor, and we 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 hung out every single day for like eight hours. We played World of Warcraft together. That's called being uh, a Mormon, Jenkins. <laughs> whatever, man. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, I, I, maybe he's a pretty sexy guy, man. You know, maybe I go for it. But anyway, uh, and he lives probably like I don't know. Jeez, it's like I have a car. I have my mom's car because because she's over in Ireland, like dealing with some shit. So I've had her car for months and I could just drive over 30 second drive to his house. He's playing RuneScape. He plays his games, RuneScape and WoW. I'm playing Dota. And I'm finally back in Kingston after traveling like to Moonduck, living with my girlfriend in America. And I haven't, like we haven't hung, even hung out. We talk to each other all the time on Discord. And it's like, oh yeah, next weekend we'll do it next weekend. But it's just, it, it is hard. But when you do, when you do uh, finally uh, have a conversation with them or like get in, in, in person with them, it's like you were never gone. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you're never, you're never apart, which is, which is awesome. Like all There's of my buddies, of that I have like that. all of my buddies in high school, or from high school that I would hang out with, there was no small talk. It was like immediately like, Hey dude, how's it? Like, it's really good to see you. And just instantly into like super deep conversations about life exactly. and shit. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no like, yeah, like how's the kids? How's the wife? It's just like, dude, that, I got to talk to you about having... existence, man. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're having, the thing is though, when you, when you meet people that are in your same age group, it's like, they probably have the same like philosophical quandaries and, yeah. and existential questions that you have had as well. So, uh, it's, it is really nice. That's it's like, man, how you, how you feeling about just getting old? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, how you feeling about still playing games in like your mid twenties? Right. Because uh, and then it, you know it's great. It's good to talk to people like that because turns out they're all still fucking playing games. They're all still right. you know struggling just as much as I am. <laughs> so exactly, it's like dude. okay, maybe I'm not so maybe I'm not so weird and and outcastish because because all the people that I grew up with are you know they're dealing with their own with their own struggles. Yeah.
similar struggles, you know, so. Yeah, let's bring it back to the questions, but, okay. uh, you know, that's, sure. that's, that's a good point, you know, and just the last little piece of knowledge there is, you know, it, it's something that I also struggle with in games and toxicity and shit. It's like, we talked about it before, like, when you find yourself being toxic to somebody, it's like, you know, that person's probably going through shit too, right? They have this whole history it's just and another complicated person life. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are part of the generation where we, we will still be gaming hard in the 30s, says Prime Operator. You know what I fucking love? The Prime Operator is Brazilian, you're American, and I'm Canadian, and we're here talking on the internet on a fucking YouTube stream <laughs> about how we're going to be playing games in our 30s. It's just such a – it's, like, beautiful. It's actually, like, beautiful to yeah. some degree. That's one of the reasons speaking I really of, love the speaking Dota community because uh, a lot of them are, like – there's a lot of people our age in the Dota community. Like, yep. I think gaming is just uh, gaming is just aging. Like it's it's just I, I talked to God damn this is getting off topic again. But quickly, <laughs> quickly, I talked to my old fifth grade math teacher. He works at the beer store sometimes. Which Canada, we we sell alcohol in like government run stores. So he works in one of those stores, and uh, he just does it for for fun because he just anyway. So I talked to him and he was just saying like he cannot get into games. Like he's tried and he just can't he didn't grow up with it. So he just can't comprehend it. And I think that's the problem with a lot of like the 60-year-olds, 50-year-olds that are playing games, they're they're oddities. They're weird. It's like, "Oh, the yeah. grandpa gamer." But I feel like in in like 50 years, there will be everybody will be a grandpa gamer because yeah. we grew up with it. So it's not something we have to wrap our heads around. We're just already playing games and it won't be such an oddity. So I think that's what's ha that's what we're witnessing happening with gaming. It's just that that's why esports is going to be massive. Yeah, I hope so. Like, there's there's basically no chance that it isn't unless we all just like get EMP'd by the sun or something like that and suddenly go back to the Stone Age. <laughs> <laughs> there's just too many people who play games now that there's like no way that competitive gaming won't be a thing. Yeah, I I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I think I hope we're making the right choice of of committing many hours and resources to to doing stuff in esports. I really hope that. Anyway, back to the questions. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of people that we have relationships with, um, Bungle No More. I think this is a he's a he's a new he's a first timer. He might be a newbie. Bungle No More has he has Bungle No More put any questions? Anyway, it doesn't matter. He says, question: When solo offlaning versus a lane with high kill potential, is it worth it to stand in experience range even if they are denying a decent amount of creeps? If not, what should you do? Okay, so if you're solo offlaning, uh, then Experience is not experience from denied from denies is not as bad as it once was. I believe it's at about fifty percent right now. So it it could be worse. I mean, if you if you you know if you do the math, if you're against a dual lane and you're getting denied and they're splitting experience, if they're denying denying everything and you're splitting experience, then you're fine. Like that's an even lane. And if you're in the two v one, if you, if it's a three v one, that's even better. So yeah, you should do that if you can do it. Um, however, I would personally say that there are probably other options, such as uh, cutting the creep wave, such as, let's say, your sniper, just hypothetically, you know, not not any, uh, not like there's any sniper guide out there or anything people are following right now, but let's say that your sniper, shrapnel the wave, pull the camp back. Like, there are ways, pull the wave, uh, sorry, pull the wave back to your tower by pulling the side camp. There are ways that you can, like, push pull and fuck with the lane. Anytime you find yourself in a scenario where the enemy team is just staticking the lane and that's not what you want, like engage chaos, engage chaos mode, just introduce chaos into the lane, 
push the lane. Uh, fucking kill yourself to push the lane if you have to. Cut the creep wave, and I think you'll generally get more from that. Yeah, that's the, that's the main thing is that, yes, it's fine if, as long as you are getting experience to just kind of be passive, but there's probably ways that the lane could be going better. You could be getting experience and also some farm if you do some other things. Yeah. Um, the worst thing, of course, that can happen is you getting completely zoned away from the creep waves um, and not getting any experience. Then you have to really do something drastic like running to their tier three to cut the wave tripling up the wave and then dying or something like that but oh man i'm just reading i'm just reading it's a, a comment from the support sniper guy <laughs> so he's like why don't you use your platform to do something positive for the metagame <laughs> <laughs> and i think he, did you respond to that yeah i did i was like dude this guy's <laughs> missing the point so hard and then oh, he told me i was missing God. the point <laughs> it's like i'm not i'm not telling people to go out there and like fucking you know, push over old people or something. Uh, what what am, am I a bad person for trying to enjoy the game and get other people exactly, to enjoy the game? Come dude. on. Exactly. Come on. Hey, what's the... <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, uh, unless you want to say anything else about, about like, a final about, note about, about the experience support range. Sniper, the support sniper guide. <laughs> oh, sure. If you, want to go, if you want to get into that, I'm down. I'm absolutely down to get into that. I mean, here's that. the thing, dude. Like... <laughs> I I don't know. It's just the the guy who made that comment clearly thinks that every game of Dota is supposed to just be exactly like what he watches the pros do. It's not going to happen in a pub, so just fucking enjoy yourself. You know? Yeah. If, if it works, it works. Just because it's unorthodox. I think I think if people are losing the support sniper, they're bad. I'm I'm actually like every single game that I'm playing with it, I have uh people are people keep commenting like, oh, you're just you're just a seven k player, and that's how you're winning with. So I'm fucking six k. I'm not 7k. I'm 6.3k on my main. My smurf that I got to 6k is the exact same bracket. I'm playing in the exact same games and destroying with support sniper. That, so I think it's that's also completely to... irrelevant too because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a 6k player playing in 3k and you're still winning with support sniper. You're not winning with support sniper because you're 6k. You're winning with support sniper because the concepts that you're employing that you know because true, you're 6k true. are correct. And that's all you yeah. caught in the video that's, is literally uh, how true. to play position 4. It's like Henry's escaping <laughs> the trench. It's kind of like he's just escaping the trench to prove that you can escape the trench and anybody that makes excuses for not being able to escape uh, escape the trench is making fucking excuses. Yeah. You know? uh that that's kind of the thing but then then again like i actually think i could maybe get 7k with support sniper we'll see. dude i mean i played i played like 25 games of less than 1k or like 1k slash less than 1k mmr playing only position five because everybody's like oh you can't play position five to climb out of the super trench and I, yes. all i did was just yes. fucking buy wards and then like take farm and push some waves because my team wasn't doing it and we just I won like literally 15 straight games playing position five. Actually, this this funny enough ties into Hawk Illionaire's question, where he says, "Is it possible to get divine and immortal by playing support?" That was the entire point that I was trying to make with the support sniper. Video, exactly. Is that exactly. I was actually I was actually triggered by all the people not asking the question because it's a perfectly valid question, and I know with Hawk Illionaire, we, we've talked about him. He's fucking ravenous. He just wants all the information he can get. That guy is you know, consuming like none other it's scary, but it's more so the people that say, 
I can't do it. I cannot deal with shitty cores in my games. I'm losing because I'm playing support. If I was just a core, I'd be 6K. Fucking bullshit. If I can do it with Sniper, <laughs> Sniper. Right, exactly. Or Earth Spirit, or actually a good hero. Like a bad dude. Sniper. Abaddon, yeah. I played a game yesterday where the offlaner was so garbage. I was playing five and my, my four and I were playing really aggressive and we killed their offlaner twice. And then the Abaddon came to lane, and he fucking destroyed us because he saved the guy that was terrible, baiting us under his tower over and over and over by being yep. terrible. And the Abaddon was like, nope, keeping this guy alive, keeping him alive, keeping him alive, keeping him alive. And we ended up just getting completely stomped because the Abaddon stopped us from feeding off of the terrible player on his team. Yep. Yeah, I, th I, th I, think, like, I think if you're losing with support, then you're just not doing shit correctly and the can't win with support is just another one of the excuses that's equivalent to i can't win because my teammates suck like yep. they're on the same they're on the same level yeah i think i think it's it's just uh these excuses are something that blind you from actually looking at games and realizing what the problem is usually the problem is that your wards fucking suck or that you're not smoking enough or that you're not having enough impact in the lanes and, uh, you know, there are going to be the occasional games that you lose because your team sucks, but that goes for every role and every game and every competitive team-based thing that has ever existed. And you just want to be uh, better than your bracket. So over a period of time, you'll win games consistently. Yeah. Like using one single game as an excuse for look how shit my team is. And the amount of coaching sessions that I do where somebody links me a game where their team sucks. And I'm not, not, not naming any names. It hasn't been in the past couple of weeks, more so when I started coaching. People would link me games where they would own and their team sucks. And it's like, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, your teammates don't fucking matter. It doesn't, it do, it doesn't help you at all for me to say, yeah, your team sucks. That does not help you at all. Right. What helps you is to say, here are mistakes that you're making. I, I, I want a game that's just going to give you – that's going to show the most amount of mis mistakes. So if you're paying me for this, you can get the most value out of this. And uh, me telling you what you already think, which is your teammates suck in the occasional game. Yeah, that doesn't help you because that's the same thing for me. I have fucking dumb teammates all the time. Yeah. And I'm 6K. It's like, it, it just happens. It's just Dota. It's just team-based games. Sometimes you get idiots, people that don't play a certain role. You can't use it as an excuse. Because if you do, you're just not going to learn anything. Yeah, dude, I played, you know, I was a huge baseball player for a lot of my life. And I've literally lost games because of my teammates in that where I was a pitcher and pitchers have essentially like 90% of the control over the game because you're involved in every single play defensively. So if you are way better than the other team, then they will never score. And like, uh, there was a couple of games that I lost because I pitched super well and the ball would be hit super easy play to one of my defenders and they'd fuck it up. And it's like, I have 90, 90 plus percent control over this game and I'm still losing because of a mistake by my teammates. Sometimes that happens. 90% of the game, I'm going to win. But yeah, it's, it's, it, that, that, I mean, that's why there are best of sevens in baseball because you just, <laughs> you, you just want to like, uh, you have this field of probability, yeah. no pun intended with baseball field, but you have this field of probability and you just want to give the, the highest chance that you'll see the, the better team win over a period of time. That's why there are best of threes in Dota, because sometimes shitty teams take a single game off of way better game. Look at VP. They lose like the first game in every best of three yeah. and then just annihilate their opponents in the next one. Do you think VP is, is saying how shit their team is or making excuses for the first one? 
No, they're going into the next game, and they're just being like, we're going to play fucking better. We played like shit. We did dumb shit. We were, we were you know, messing around, or we were doing this or doing that, or, or we shouldn't have done that. And then they focus up for the next game, and they win it. Yeah. But they still lose. They still lose occasionally. I mean, always, actually. Yeah. And they're like the best team in the world. Anyway, back to the questions. This is actually one for you, Donnie. Sure. Take a wild guess who it's from. It's a specific question for you. Donnie, in your recent video, you said that you should almost never use Glyph on the Tier 2 tower. That it's better to save it for the Tier 3 tower. Can you explain why this is better? Doesn't Glyphing the Tier 2 make it not delay them getting to the Tier 3? Or does two, uh, do Tier 3s have higher armor or something like that? Uh, so first of all, yes, tier threes do have higher armor, but that's that's like more, a, dam more damage. Yeah, too. that's that's a pretty minor point. The main reason that glyphing your tier two and and it's really important to understand, like if you if there is zero chance that the other team is going to push high ground after killing your tier two, then sure, protect your tier two, glyph your tier two, take a fight around your tier two. But if taking a fight around your tier two then loses you the game because the team is going to go high ground afterwards. The, the point being that we've talked about where you should take fights in Dota. So if you take a fight on the opposite side of the map, then the other team, if they win, has to walk all the way across the map and push all of the creep waves to then kill your buildings. Since that's the objective of Dota, is killing the other team's buildings, just think about it. Where is the closest place outside of your base that you could possibly fight and lose your tier two? It's literally right next to your base, which means that if you lose a fight there, they are inevitably going to push high ground afterwards. And that is why you don't want to take a fight at your tier two unless you guys are stronger because, and, and demonstrably stronger. It can't just be like, we have like a 50% chance of winning the fight. Because if you just if you just sacrifice your tier 2 tower and then you defend with the high ground advantage that is afforded to you by being in your base, then you automatically take a better fight. And so yes. And and here's the biggest high ground thing. is like one of the one of the leading causes of throwing in yes. Dota. It's like trying to take high ground. It is yes. probably the leading. It's like Roche and high ground are the two places where teams always throw even on a professional level. And the reason that the tier three is so much more important than the tier two is twofold. One, if you lose your tier three, you now don't have shrines, which means you have zero map control. You have no way to get to the Roche pit. You have no way to get to split pushing locations quickly. Number two is that if you glyph the tier two tower, then it literally just delays the other team for the seconds that the glyph is active. That is it. Because you don't want to fight a tier two anyway. And if you glyph the tier three tower, not only does it delay them but by that five seconds, but now they are in a position where they are literally next to your fountain. And they're as close to you as possible for people that are respawning. And they're going to have to reset because there's a very good chance that they're not all five on the high ground. Most high ground pushes are like one or two people jump in. The other people kind of get closer. Maybe the supports start tanking the tier three tower. And if you can then glyph it at the last second to keep it alive, their support might be getting low. They're going to have to reset and then retake your high ground. And so glyphing the tier three tower literally gives you two chances to defend your high ground. Whereas if you glyph the tier two, you basically just concede your high ground. 
That's the difference between being able to you've defend your high ground. Fight. You've one fight on the high ground. That's it. Yeah, maybe not even that because if you lose the fight at your tier two, then your high ground. Oh yeah, is if you gone. if you go fight if you go fight the tier two and you've glyphed it, you're just fucked. Yeah. The problem with like a tier, it's just an innate problem with like tier two pushes. Usually, the enemy team is is like angling to possibly high ground you soon. So if you yep. give them an opportunity to do that, you can lose the game right there. Dota is all about probability. It's just like risk and reward. the The risk of glyphing your tier two is incredibly high, and the re, the potential reward is is quite low. Yep. I would say there are the occasional games where pros do glyph the tier two if they are sure that at that exact moment they can take a fight, yes. such as if they have a Terrorblade BKB reveal or a Blink Dagger on Earthshaker or something like that. But it's because of that that the enemy team, if the tier two gets glyphed in a pro game. They're fucking gone. They're yeah. so gone because it's like, oh god, why are they glyphing a tier two? We need to get <laughs> out of here. Yeah, because it's that bad. It's usually that bad. Uh, so I, I, I agree, and I'm glad you talked about that in in that video or replay review. I don't even know when that replay review was because I wasn't I wasn't involved in that. Was yeah. that when I was gone for the week? Or yeah, what? it was. It was one where you were gone for the week, and you can see in that clip, like it starts out with the other team going high ground. It's because the the tier two was up, the glyph was up, uh, the Four was dead. The support gets picked off. Then somebody else gets picked off, and then they take. Then the other team starts hitting the two tier two tower, and then they glyph. So there's literally four dead and no glyph, which means that the high ground is just gone. It's just completely gone. Okay, final question. Final question. Now that we're done the high ground talk, from Hawkillionaire as well. Should the carries in the side lanes come over to assist in getting bounties during the laning stage, zero to ten minutes, or CS born forward? I ask because they never help me get. Yes, they should. Uh, like if okay, so if if they are not coming over to help with the bounties and there's CS that they need to be getting, then it means that you or them are not playing the lane correctly. Because if you if you are t if you are taking an advantage in a lane, then you should be able to push out the lane first or single pull the easy camp. Uh, and then at like four minutes, and then send a huge wave into your opponents. Like basically, the carry shouldn't have to miss CS in order to get the bounties. And if there is CS that he's going to miss, he should miss it anyway. Because bounties at five minutes are worth two hundred and fifty gold. An entire creep wave is not worth that. Yeah. So unless there's can... like four range creeps pushing into your tower. Then... Yeah. Or, or if like the opponents are just going to destroy you for the bounties anyway, then it's yeah. like ah fuck it. Maybe maybe a support can run over and try to steal one. Like everything, it's it's somewhat situational, but for the ma vast majority of situations, the support should be helping secure the bounty runes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's it. That's all the question. That's all the questions we have. Half of them came from Hockey Lanier. No, no surprise there. <laughs> he keeps asking me to stop calling him hockey, and I keep saying, "Yeah, no, you don't stop calling me hockey." And then every time I call him it, and then I put it on all the videos. Yes. I'm going to release a video with him with him in it uh, of, of the replay or the uh, coaching session that we did. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to call him hockey in it right at the start Good. and put it in the title just to fuck with them. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking so many specific questions, making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> don't, you dare. don't you dare push me out of my comfort zone, you bastard. Uh, all right, let's take a few questions from chat. Okay. Because they've been hanging out with us, listening to us rant about random shit for like half of the stream so far. So, okay, J Jeremiah, uh, I'm here to compliment Jenkins' hair. Nice hair, very silky smooth. Did Zohan cut it? Uh, yeah, actually, I was uh, I was just talking to, to Zohan. We, uh, you know, we were at the barber shop and you know his kids are doing his kids are doing pretty well i think his daughter dropped out of college so he's a little upset about that but you know it's like this in this world you can kind of learn a lot of the stuff on the internet that's what he was saying like he's an older guy so you know he he but he still understands that he still understands that that it's it's a it's a new era you don't have to go to college 
idea what's going on. Okay. Uh, how can how can a drow strat work? Uh, by you pick, pick drow. Yeah, you pick drow, and hopefully your mid picks something like either a Medusa or a Quap or an OD or literally any ranged hero. <laughs> and even if they don't, then hopefully they pick something like a Kunkka or something tanky, and then you just farm. If you have a good lane, then you just mow down their towers. If uh, you have a bad lane, then you go farm the ancient camp over and over and over until you have a butterfly, and then you mow down towers. Jenkins, how do you play uh, Dota after arm day at the gym? I actually go to the gym at like 5 a.m. right before I go to bed, so I don't I don't do anything after going to the gym. I know a lot of people a lot of people don't like that because it kind of wakes you up, but I don't know. I find it fine. I find that I'm like exhausted, so I fall asleep pretty quickly. But I wouldn't play after arm. Your arms feel like noodles if, you, if, you, if you've like if you've done well enough working out if you're just fucking you know stagnating then you're a bitch and that's not what going to the gym or playing dota is for just like i'm gonna go to the gym and maintain nah dude you, you go to the gym to like to get better you know so yeah i think i think your arms should feel like noodles uh, you know actually okay let me let me say this let me say this so i was playing dota with uh I don't think he would want to be named because I think it's like his escape, but I was playing Dota with an NHL player, which is really cool, who I met through a caster who I guess I should have named because that would make it obvious, but I met through a caster, and uh, we, were, we like scheduled to play because like everybody has you know other stuff to do, so we're like, we're going to play Party Queue this night, and then I came home, and I was just talking about how hard it was at the gym, and I was sitting here thinking like, oh my god, I'm talking about this in front of like an NHL guy, he's going to call me a pussy, so he's going to, you know, he's this big buff guy. And then he just said, like, oh, if your arms are feeling like noodles, that means it was a good workout. Great job, dude. It's like, are you being – are you fucking with me? Are you being – he was just being – like, he was actually – he actually had that attitude. Yeah. And I, I feel like that – now that I've thought about it, it actually makes sense to have somebody who's, like, competitively really good at something. In his case, hockey, which is like, fuck, I wish Dota was at that point. <laughs> but, you know, he's really good at hockey and super competitive. And it's like, you know what? It makes sense to have that attitude of, of – like not shitting on people for being pussies and it's like this scrawny nerd going to the gym which was me feeling like my arms are noodles it's like he was encouraging that he was like yeah, being dude. positive about it and it's like i'm sitting here thinking he's gonna bully me because he's this big buff guy who's like you know obviously super fit enough to play professional hockey and he's just like encouraging and it's like you know what that makes i bet you'd get the same thing from like ppd or zai or whoever if you, if you say, like, oh, I did this thing that wasn't, like, involving good practice, they'd be like, fuck yeah, man, that's great. Like, they'd love to hear that shit, you know? Yeah, as long like, as you're not like, my team sucks, how do I win? The excuses is what they would <laughs> fucking hate. Yeah. That's what they would hate. Yeah, because they yeah. would be sick of hearing it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh. I did kind of expect him to bully me because I play Dota. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird... Blake Martinez is like that, too. He's, like... Super positive, very nice. Super positive, super wants to, like, get better at Dota. Like, I remember when I when I was playing him with with him, not playing him, <laughs> back when, like, the, he was playing a lot with, like, the Moonduck guys, he would always, like, ask questions and, and, like... I don't know. I guess there's just this expectation with, like, super fit, successful, like, hunk-like dudes where it's, like... They're gonna have some, but it doesn't make any sense to have an ego at that point because in order to get to that point, they would have to they would have to have a really like good attitude for improving, and it, having an ego is fucking terrible for I, improving. Uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a little different. I think you have an ego within your your sphere. Like you probably has an ego against the other uh, players in the NHL, 
Like, but it's like a competitive ego, though. It's right. like a one where he'll act. He won't make excuses. Yeah, Otherwise, like, he wouldn't like, oh, be at the point that he's making. I, I'm gonna fuck these guys up in the next game. But when when you an outsider, it's, it's kind of like the same thing where a lot of people are really scared to learn another language or like speak another language with people because they're like, oh, my grammar sucks. Like, I don't know the vocabulary. But if you see somebody who doesn't know your language trying to speak your language, most of the time, people will be like super happy that you're trying to communicate with them in their native language. Yeah. 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 No, my, my, uh, I get that from my mother-in-law all the time when I like, I all say Portuguese. I'm like a fucking clown. So I like, I'm fine with, I like embarrassing cringy humor. I like embarrassing myself to some degree. So I'll like say words that she's, and I'll fucking butcher it, but she'll laugh and she'll keep telling me how to, how to say it. And it's like, it's a nice moment. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, she's just teaching. She wants to teach it. She wants to keep it alive. She likes her, her culture and wants to like teach it to, to me, some fucking like Canadian boy. But I'll, I will fuck I will fuck things up. Portuguese is not easy, dude. Let me tell you, prime operator's fucking laughing his ass off. Any idea how to play against an enemy that counters your hero plus two or three other counters? Uh, we actually yes. talked about this. Like build like week. tanky items. Play in a completely different play style. Like just build to fuck those heroes and make it as hard for them to counter you as possible. And then because they've drafted their entire game around fucking countering you, you will just destroy them. You will destroy them if you're just not getting countered by them. That, that's like that's such an easy way to win Dota is get countered. Don't allow yourself to be countered. Now they do nothing. Congratulations, you've won. Yeah, like if you're a Medusa and people are picking all these mono burn heroes, you just literally build like damage and armor and you just play it like an agi hero. Like you don't even care about your mana pool very much. Yep. Yeah, like Lashrak and people pick anti mage. I'll just go like hood, uh, medallion. Hood med yeah, yeah, Hood Medallion, Lincoln Sphere, second item, BKB, and just yep. like where I don't I don't walk around doing tons of damage, but this guy's drafted his entire his entire game and playing his entire game around man avoiding me, and it's like, well, good luck man good luck man avoiding a guy with those items. Right. Exactly. Know. Where do we post match IDs for replays? So where you can post match IDs for replays is if you go to patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy, you sign up for the fourth tier, whatever the Alkaluminati tier you will be automatically put into a Discord chat where you can talk with us directly and as well as uh, you can post your replays in there. That's where we get all the replays from. Then we occasionally take some from chat, but usually there's enough. People are usually pretty uh, ravenous for the replay reviews coming from the Patreon boys. So usually we don't really get to chat just because there's so many uh, Patreon replay reviews. And this week, this week we're going to try to have people call in. So if you if you want to get your replay reviewed, we're actually going to be doing like a kind of uh, live fast mini coaching session. Mini coaching session, so we can give you like the answers to your three most valuable whatever's going to give you the most value uh, questions, as well as look at your replay over like ten minutes, and you can call in and be on stream and stuff. So if that sounds cool, yep. give us a give us a gander. <laughs> Happy old Patreon. There's my ad for today. Nice, I love it. Okay. Uh, what do you think about mid AA? I saw a Chinese spammer who got like seventy percent win rate at six AM MR. Yeah, seems good. Yeah, again, it's it's just like hero comfort. Like if you're super comfortable on a hero, you can play any matchup. You know, like it, yeah, I agree. It really doesn't matter <laughs> what what it's being picked against you. Some games are slightly harder than others, but you've played a thousand games of Ancient Apparition, you know exactly what counters you, and you know how to play around it and itemize. Yep. I think I think AA mid's fine. Especially against like Alchemist and Huskar. Yeah. Some some of these like really cancer heroes. 
what to do when your towers are backdoor protected as nature's profit and your teammates are not pushing Jenkins, take it away. Dog, your teammates <laughs> should not be pushing shit if you're nature's profit. Use your fucking ulti off cooldown. Send a treant straight down a lane. I don't care if you get farm or not. Your farm doesn't matter. You're feeding all the time anyway. If you send a treant straight down the lane, what do your creeps do? Because there's no creeps. They do that, and then they run, and then backdoors off. And then, sure, there'll be like a 15-stack creep wave because you've just cut seven of them with your treant. But it, it doesn't matter because you can just go hit the racks on the other side, and then you ulti and kill the entire creep wave. Yeah, if, if, if your teammates are not to blame if the lanes aren't being pushed out. That's your fault. <laughs> like, if, if, you, if, you, if the lanes aren't pushed on Nature's Profit, I'm sorry, but that's your fault. Yeah. If you lose a game when you have all of their Tier 3s or their Tier 2s down, if you lose that game, that's your fault too. Like, it doesn't matter 5, 4, 3, 2, fucking 6, 7, 12, whatever role you are in as Nature's Prophet. If you have all their Tier 2s down and you're you're not making your team win the game, you are there's a better way that you can play it, in my opinion. And I don't play it perfectly. I'm not saying that as somebody who thinks that I'm fucking playing Nature's Prophet perfectly. I'm not. It's just that whenever I make mistakes in a game, it's like, I, I see all the mistakes that I'm making. Like, well, I probably don't see a lot of them, but I know I'm making mistakes. Uh, and, and still, it feels like I always have control. And if I didn't have control, it's it was my fault. Like I always have that feeling on Nature's Profit. So yeah, it's your it's you just send Treants down the lane, man. You don't even need to kill. It's just cut the cut the wave with Treants. Spam your alt off cooldown. It's easy. I've been playing for about six hundred hours, but still don't know what matchup slash hero Lotus Orb is useful in. Can you? Uh, yeah, based so just single target heroes, single like, target stuff, and heroes that have things that you really want to dispel, like silences. Uh, anybody that buys an orchid, sure. Lotus Orb is good against because it allows you to save yourself or save a teammate. Um, most people that have decent stuns, Lotus Orb is really good against because again, you can dispel. It does purge most stuns. Other, it, it purges like RP stun, doesn't it? Still. Uh, if right. it's a strong dispel, it would, yeah. And I think it, I think it is a strong dispel. I actually don't know. I might be mixing that up with a bad and shield, but it definitely gets rid of silences. Abaddon shield does. Abaddon yeah. shield does. It definitely gets rid of silences. And like for example, super good against doom. You know, if you lotus orb the doom, if you lotus orb an omni slash as a support, you just oh, it's a ba it's a basic dispel, so it doesn't. Okay. Uh, but if you lotus orb an omni Still slash really as a support, and you just like eat the whole omni slash. From a juggernaut then you just like straight up win the fight every single time pretty much yeah it's nuts it's like a preventative thing like you put it on somebody they can go in and nobody's going to cast anything on them yeah you it's should like a better bl better you, blade mail for you that should reason. always use it like a couple seconds earlier than you think you might need it's my best advice although in my opinion in my opinion I, I universe said this in a game that i was playing with him so this is like why it's my opinion because i fucking really respect that guy he said if you ever go for like a lotus orb 90% of the time right now, Greaves is a better choice. That makes sense. Like, m most of the time you want to just... Because a lot of the time people are building a Lotus Orb to dispel something on themselves. Yeah. And Greaves and, is just and, better for that. And Greaves is just an insane item right now. But, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't make Lotus Orb bad. It's just... It's just not picked up as much as a lot of these other broken items, unfortunately. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, a couple other things you might want to build a Lotus Orb for is if you are... Let's say you're a support and you're against a heavy physical damage team. It's really good when you're playing against a hero like PA or Drow or Terrorblade or something like that uh, yep. because it not only gives you a massive amount of armor, but also the active can dispel a lot of stuff that they have. Yep. Agreed. Uh, okay. We, we hit the 60-minute mark. 
my my tummy's rumbling. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Get the hell out of here. All right, thank you guys. Thanks, chat. Sorry we got to call it here, uh, but we appreciate you guys tuning in, and hopefully we'll see you all for replay review Thursday. on Thursday. Um, Same time. Otherwise, we'll see you next week with more Alchemy Answers. Have a good rest of your day, night, evening. Good luck in your games. And um, but, uh, PMA. Keep it, keep it PMA. PMA. <laughs>